All right. Welcome once again, everybody, to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. The number, as always, to call is 201-939-4513. I am Ron, uh, I, not Ron, Russ Salzberg. Did you change your name? Yeah, a little bit. Ron uh, Salzberg. Well, you know what? After a bye week, everybody <clears throat> wants a, you know, it's a new start. Uh, joined today by my colleague, former Super Bowl champion, uh, Jeff Fegels. Of course, with your uh, New York football giants. And uh, you tell me, because you were the player, what's it like coming back? Let's, you know, they are coming mm. back from the bye week. From a player's standpoint, is it like well, I, I recharge my batteries? And obviously, it's, it's a little different if you're coming back from 7-1 and one as opposed right. to 1-7. and seven. Yeah. yeah. There's two different, two different coming Dynamics. backs. Yeah. Um, yeah <clears throat> you're definitely refreshed. Um, and, and really, it's, it's you get away, you, you get you clear your mind and stuff. But I, I think that some guys, um, what do they have, four days off, maybe five? I don't know. Um, but whatever. Basically, it's four. Oops, sorry. Sorry, let me clear my, jeez, uh, what's going on here? This is my uh, computer. Excuse me, guys. Um, hold on. There it is. Uh, we'll just wait for you. <coughs> Go ahead. Maybe we carry on. Okay, buddy. Go ahead. I got four days. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you didn't recharge your battery. I don't know what happened here. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, to answer your question, I, I think it's some guys are chomping at the bit to get back and playing because that, you're a football player. Uh, there's an there's an off season when you have time to to get away, um, but when you you need the time off, in my opinion, when you're oh, you know the one and seven, I will tell you this: times has changed. Times have changed since when I used to play. <coughs> Excuse me. When I played for Coffin and I played for Holmgren and some of these other guys, right? You didn't get you didn't get the week off if you weren't playing very well. You know, you <laughs> you might have got a day or two, but you're not getting the week. Um, and I remember that we played and when I was in Seattle, we went down to play Jacksonville the day before the week before our bye. And Holmgren said, "Here's the deal, guys. You win, you got the week off. You lose, you don't have off." You talk about incentive. No, you're right. That's a, that, that's a good point. Well, I, I think a lot of coaches also, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the different coaches here, but, uh, you know, if uh, you won on Sunday, a lot of guys had off on Monday. If you oh, did, yeah. You know, but yeah. and I, I, I get all that. I also think, you know, with everything, that they basically had, you know, good time. I mean, they were in, there was no media availability last Wednesday, uh, but, uh, they did practice, so I, they had off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They called that C on Wednesdays. Yeah, <laughs> the C on Wednesdays, like right around now, middle of the season. Um, you win on Sunday, and the veterans would come in after the game, and you'd be like, "C on Wednesday, C on," and all right, C on Wednesday, and the place would erupt. But now, granted, people would still come in on Monday for treatments and things like that, and you had Tuesday off regardless. Right. So you really, you know, and you had to lift and things like that, but there was no meetings. There was no scheduled workout, 12 minute run, whatever you had to do. But coming back from the bye, there's a lot of, a lot of um, things that can happen. And so what I mean by that is when you're a one in seven team, the coaches don't have a lot of time off. They're actually trying to, they're trying to figure things out. And one of those things they're trying to figure out is if you are the solution or you're not the solution. And when you come back and you get that depth chart and you look at it and you go, oh, there's a couple of changes on here. All right. So, you know what? You got a couple, you know, 
some positions that there might be, and, and I don't have them in front of me, and I don't know how they practice and if they've been divulged as far as, but there's usually some changes. Well, there is <laughs> one significant, I, I don't, it, no change has been made official yet, but uh, there was a significant acquisition mm -hmm. uh, when they picked up um, off waivers, Jamon Brown uh, from the Rams, a 340 <clears throat> pound guard, uh, just met uh, Jamon Brown a short while ago. He is a big man <laughs> with, I mean, those are 340 real pounds, okay? Yeah. He is a big man and with a big personality. And um, Coach Shermer, I also was talking with uh, Dave Gettleman a short while ago. Uh, both of them are very, very high. I mean, he's a football player. <laughs> he's, he started, you know, has started a lot of games in four years. Sure. I would, you know, the question was asked, is he going to start on Monday? Um, that was not made official, but he certainly expects him to play. I would not be surprised if he does start. Uh, I, my, my gut feeling is he moves into guard and um, Greco becomes what he was expected to be, a backup. Yeah, that's Spencer Poli and Greco would kind of, yeah, you know, battle it out. But that's all going to be determined on how much he can pick up the offense. Yeah, yes. and, and a lot of times when it, it's when these changes are made during the bye week, you get basically two weeks to get somebody prepared. But just 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 because it's the week after the buy, this is a one seven team searching for an identity, searching for a future, searching for players that are going to be here. So don't be surprised if there are a lot of going forward. Not not necessarily it has to be this week, but going forward the rest of the season, there's going to be some insertions of new players in different positions and things like that because there's an evaluation process going on right yeah, now. Uh, Jamon uh, Brown, um, you had a good answer. Somebody asked him like. You know, is it difficult for you going from, uh, you know, a team, you know, at the time he was picked up. That they were was, undefeated. They were undefeated. And he, Brown was very assertive right away. He says, "You listen, it doesn't matter if you're 8-1 and one or you're 1-7. and seven. You're in the NFL and you prepare for a football game. Yeah. And that's what you have to do every week. And you know what? It wasn't cliche business. He was... He, he was very comfortable about himself, and I was impressed with him. Well, now, if he can only be as impressive on the field as he was off it, then the Giants have uh, got something there. At least he understands that the importance of him having a job in the NFL, and and he understands that. Listen, at eight no one and seven doesn't matter. I have a job. I have a. I have. I'm very fortunate, and I'm going to make the best of it. And by the way, you know what? Why not try it? I mean, listen, the guy, uh, the guy started a lot of games in the last three years for the, for the Rams. Get him a shot. Let's see what he can do. It, it can only, in my opinion, it can only get better. I mean, this offensive line has to improve, and maybe this is part of it. 201-939-4513 is the number. Got to remind all of you wonderful folks out there that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented to you by Coors Light. So download the Coors Light Rewards app right now to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2000. And 18 season, and again the phone line, the phone number is 201-939-4513. Let's open it up with our friend up in Canton, New York, Dylan. Dylan, how you doing today? You're on with Russ and Jeff. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, Dell, how are you, buddy? <clears throat> uh, good, especially this week. Uh, this is the first week I've gone to classes. Uh, Monday morning or Tuesday morning, and I wasn't upset about a <laughs> Giants game the night before. <laughs> okay. Well, right. It started off like you'd never go to class. You said it's the first Monday I've never, yeah. never go to class. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Um, well, this Monday coming up, I think it's a 
definitely a winnable game for the Giants. Um, well, they I mean, thought despite, that last year, too. Watch, yeah, despite watching uh, last Thursday's game when I saw um, Nick Mullins when he was playing, I, I thought he did really well, and I was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, that we're playing against, like, Bethard and the struggling 49ers, but they looked pretty well. But given they were playing the Raiders, too, and I think we have a better defense than the Raiders do, but... Um, this week, I, I kind of I hope to see um, one player I'd like to see play a little more um, and just see what he can do is uh, Corey Coleman. Um, I thought that was a pretty good pickup. Um, I mean, despite he's been bounced around, but I think that uh, mm-hmm. I, I would just like to see how he can perform. I mean, I know we've had injuries at wide receiver throughout the year um, with, like, Russell Shepard and uh, Joel Davis and stuff. So um, that'd be pretty cool to see, but... Um, and then I was watching last night's game, the Cowboys and Titans game, and I saw the Cowboys schedule um, that's coming up, and that looks uh, like pretty tough schedule. And so I thought I'd go on and look at the Eagles and Redskins schedule as well. And, <laughs> don't, uh, Dylan, don't do this to yourself. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Dylan, Dylan. Go to school. Go, go to the library. <laughs> I mean, listen, buddy. Don't, don't, be, don't be looking at the schedules and figure out how the Giants are going to win the NFC East. I mean, you, you know, no one's going to root for them more than us two sitting right here. But, Dylan, you're 1-7. and seven. Let's win one game. And then after you win one in a row, you can try and win two in a row. Let's, you know, that's what everybody's got to be thinking of right now, my friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I was just trying to give, get a little motivation. I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know. I get, it's like that uh, that old saying, oh, so there is a chance. But I know it's very, very slim to none. <laughs> but I found it entertaining uh, last night. I was like, oh, you know, maybe, may, just maybe, maybe. But I know that's a really, really long and strong maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, go to class and stop daydreaming for the time being. All right, buddy? <laughs> all right. Will do. All right, Dylan. Thank you for the call. <laughs> I mean, Dylan's looking at this schedule. Well, first when he said, I'm looking at the Cowboys schedule, I thought he was going to say, well, you know, we can catch them. But then he started looking at the Eagles schedule. Well, I know why. I mean, because nobody in the NFC East is really doing anything. No, that is is true. And I think that because of it, it kind of gives you a little bit of a, I mean, if if there's anything to be excited about, it's the rest of the NFC East is terrible too. Let's just go, (laughs) let's just have the Giants go into Frisco Monday night and fly home with a victory so then next Tuesday we could be sitting here talking about a victory which we have I sure hope so I mean you look at last year we were doing the same thing here last year yeah. I mean they were 0 and 7 or 0 and 8 Dave may be able to help me but I mean no, they no, were it was 1 and 7 they were this was what they were well they were juncture. well no that the, the Niners were they hadn't oh, won a game oh, right, right right and um and Bethard ended up beating them and now they got to go down there and play this other guy and and but I will tell you this when, when you have a new quarterback that comes in for the first time, and, and you've been around a long time too, Russ, you know that, that there's no report out on this guy yet. Sure. So, so it's like this kind of new. So the guy does really good. Typically what happens is the next week, the guy is horrible because the defensive coordinators and the defensive coaches, they figure this guy out in 10 days. All of a sudden, reality sets in. It does. And, and not to say he's not going to play well and the Giants are going to play horribly, but I think that a lot of times this is what happens, and you hope that's the case here. Yeah, I'm just looking at that Frisco game last year. It was uh, no, it was at Frisco, November twelfth. Okay, thirty-one twenty-one losers. Mm-hmm. 
That was coming off. Of, uh, <laughs> let's not look at the schedule. Okay, let, let's move forward today. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to Dave in Vermont. Hello, Dave. You're on with Russ and Jeff. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, second time caller, old Bronx boy. Um, I want to vent a little bit uh, about the uh, Jones trade. At the time of the trade, both Paul and David Deal said it was a win-win, a win for Jones and a win for the Giants. I sure hope it was a win for, for Jones, and maybe at the end of this call, if, if you have, have any information about how he's doing with his new team, that would be interesting. But uh, I don't think it was a win for the, for the Giants. Um, well, Dave, true, it, he, that, but he Dave, 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 slow down a second. Okay, it, it, I'm talking too fast. Dave, in fairness, you, 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 listen, if you're looking at if you're just going to say it like that, I couldn't agree with you more. At the same point, they didn't plan on uh, the guy that who was taken over for Brett Jones being out for the season. You, you well, know, you have to true. you have to be well, you have to be fair in your assessment of well, that. Well, OK, but uh, let me finish up. Um, even though he lost the starting center job, I still think he was the best guard on the team. And we traded a a uh, starting NFL lineman for a seventh round pick, and uh, okay. I just don't think that the uh, that was beneficial to the Giants. And I'm not, uh, you know, hindsight now. I'm not looking at that. I'm just thinking about. Uh, I'm thinking from the point of view of uh, of winning now, which is what they were talking about then, of putting the best players on the field, and uh, of having. Um, uh, Depth at, on the off, off, offensive line, and I'm not thinking at all from the from the business point of view. And I was wondering if uh, if uh, Jeff, if you would agree with me about his being uh, be, a better god at well, that time than anyone else on the team. Well, I think I think that he I I think he was a better center, okay, by trade, and he but he was a very versatile uh, offensive lineman, which is you would you you would have thought they would have got a little bit more from him, but I think that's why they got a seventh round pick. I, I, they may not have gotten anything for him if he wasn't as versatile as he is. Um, and plus, the need that the Vikings had, they needed him. They needed a guy like that, so that's why they got something. Just like, um, you know, these teams go out and, and acquire people because of need. you gotta, you got to do it. But, again, like Russ said, you know, John Jalapio, they, they had a lot of confidence in him um, that he could do the job and he could win that position, and he did. They went through training camp and they figured that this, this could be the guy. And unfortunately, he got hurt. And I th- and, I, and to be honest with you, I believe that that John Jalapio is in the plans for next season as being the starting center if he comes back from from injury. But um, you know, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. And and really, they, you know, l- listen, Dave. Thanks very much yeah. for the call. But you know, Brett Jones, they they, they did Brett Jones a favor because if they were going to keep one. You know, Brett Jones wasn't going to play. He, he, you know, and they really did him a favor uh, because they was trading him to Minnesota, number one, so they traded him to a good team, you know, with high aspira- uh, aspirations. And, and he had a tradable contract, too. That was important. Or, right. That's that's a very good point. And the, he was getting close to home, you know, mid uh, Sure. Yeah, he's Western from Canada. Canada. So, I mean, listen, when, when Jalapio got hurt, th- that screwed up everything from a Giants perspective. 
it's it screwed everything up. I mean, yeah. if if they would have known he was going to get hurt, they never would have traded. Yeah, uh, Brett. Well, Jones, we can't right? think but that you, way. You can't but think that way. You you can't go back. This is eight games into the season now, so you you just can't go backwards. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go to Connecticut and check in with Marco. Hello, Marco. You're on with Russ and Jeff. Hey guys, how are you today? Good, Good. Mark. What's, What's up? up? Oh, not much. Um, before I get to my. Uh, my Giants question about the, the offensive line. It's more it's a little bit of a vent, but also a question. Um, Jeff, I wanted to know, I know you're plugged in with uh, the Miami, University of Miami uh, football team. Yeah, I was at the game uh, wanted, on Saturday. Horrible. I know, I know. And I'm not, I, I'm not throwing, uh, I don't want to bring up old wounds for you, but I wanted to know if you had a chance to assess uh, Jones, the quarterback of Duke. He's someone that I'm interested in, and I wanted to get your uh, – your insight on what you thought of him? I, I thought I thought a lot of him. You know, he's very versatile. Um, can run, the, you know, run that offense, run it around. Um, and I think that he was very. I, I thought I liked him. You know, I wasn't. I was. And I tell you, the Miami defense. I don't know what's happened to it, and we won't talk too much about this. But um, he really did a nice job. They had two touchdowns. Where I mean, these. Those, did you watch the game by any chance, Marco? I, I, I did not. No, okay, no. So they had they had some good good plays in that game, and you know, um, but he's he's a guy that I think it can be a really good football player. Obviously, he's a smart kid. Um, yeah. And they were using the hard count against that defense to jump him off sides, and they made some big plays down. They actually, you know what they, you know what play they ran? They ran the old Tim Tebow, run to the line of scrimmage, jump up and throw it uh-huh. for a touchdown yeah. and an extra point. I mean, come on. Wow. Seriously. Wow. Wow. So anyway, what else you got? Go ahead, Marco. What else? <laughs> Let's get on to no, the Giants. He, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hey, when it comes to the Giants, these are the things, unfortunately, that I'm thinking about in the month of uh, November <laughs> or before Halloween. So they kind of go hand in hand, but we'll have more time to talk about that down the line. Um, sure. Okay. So Sunday, Sunday, I'm watching these NFL games, and I mean, and the Giants aren't playing, but there's so many things I'm thinking about as I'm watching other teams. Oh yeah. And um, so Seattle. And Indianapolis jump out to me now. The Colts, um, the Colts. I've wanted to talk to you about this. The Colts have been a bad team the last couple of years, and luck has been in and out of the lineup. But what the Colts have done, and I want to know if you guys they are, rebuilt the offensive you, line. Yeah, I, I mean, it, how, now, now, yeah, but they went out and they drafted Nelson. But he can't be the only reason that that O line has improved the way that they have. Well, no, they so, they, um, they drafted they they've drafted the year before that they drafted some guys too, and I couldn't tell you exactly okay. who they are. But I and I'm only saying this because I heard this analogy the other day that they were talking about this and the fact that okay. they they're building through the draft and they have you know they they got a stud in Quentin Nelson and we obviously know that. Um, but yeah. you know they've just slowly has come together and that and that unit has played the way they're supposed to play, which has given Andrew Luck a lot of time and to be effective in the pocket. You, you know, Marco, he's, he wasn't just in and out. I mean, he was out. He missed the, 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 all, 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 of one, that se- all of last season. It, it, you see, like, you, and, and I agree with you, Russ, and, it's, and it's, it's, optimis- it's optimism, too, to see how quickly a team can turn around when that offensive line is built up. They got running backs in there now that are pounding it. So I feel optimistic that we could come back in a draft and really support Barkley, not just make him the only guy, really bring in some other guys. Um, I think they're headed in the right direction. And then, or they could be. And then the other team is Seattle. And that really, 
really burns <laughs> because they have Fluker, who I thought should have stayed with the Giants. This is a guy that was a good locker room guy. He loved being in the with the Giants. And you have Solari, who's out there coaching the offensive line, where I'm not – this is not nitpicking on anything that's going on here, but I would feel like this group, they need – it just it, – it's a, there's a reflection of some type of – I don't know if it's a technique issue. I don't know if it's a coaching issue. But to see what they're doing out in Seattle, I'm saying, hey, why could that have not been done here? Well, thanks for the call, Marco. Look, I, I, we've gone over this ad nauseum, but you're bringing it up, Marco. So you're talking about everything is new. The entire offensive line is new, and not only is it new, yet, listen, you had an offensive lineman sitting here last Wednesday with me, David Deal, uh, talking about it, it wasn't just five new guys, but then it was first you had uh, Greco. Uh, f- no, first it started with Jalapio at center. Then you had Greco at center. Then Greco moves to guard, and you have um, uh, oh, Pulley at center. And you know, remember on one side is, is a rookie Hernandez. So it's all new. I mean, I mean. Listen, I'm not the offensive lineman. I'm. I'm just. This is like you know what David was talking about. But in fairness, it is new. And I'll tell you, he, he talks about watching some games this weekend. W- one comment was glaring to me. I happened to be watching the, um, which was a thrilling football game, the uh, Rams and Saints. It's just mm-hmm. a great football game to watch. And at one juncture of the game, a- and they showed it, there was Breeze and, and um, uh, Troy Aikman, who was doing the game uh, with, with Joe Buck, said, now, a lot of the criticism, if there was anything that, to criticize of Drew Brees, it was his height. He, you know, he might be too short. And he, show, he showed what was going on. He said, just take a look at this. Drew Brees could be five feet tall with the protection. Not only was it protection, nobody was coming near him. There, there was not a body, a defensive body near him. Plus, the lanes were wide open. You know, that's what an offensive line does. That's what a great offensive line does. You know, uh, uh, there was another uh, uh, offensive line, the Steelers' offensive line. They, they got three guys. Uh, I think it's Marquise Pouncey, uh, the kid DeCastro, and the other kid Villanueva. I mean, Pouncey is a perennial, uh, you know, pro bowler. These two are pl- having pro bowl season. Like, those are three. You know, when you have that, it's no listen. Le'Veon Bell is not in the lineup. What Connor is in the lineup, and all of a sudden he's running like Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, offensive line is kind of important. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying you fans are saying it's not, but I think it's just been it's been a problem this year. We all know that. Everybody, we've been talking about it for eight weeks, but it makes a difference. All of a sudden, everybody plays well. Or they play a lot better and they can accomplish a lot more. And it goes in line to what Pat Shermer said at the beginning of the season. We're only we're going to go as far as the offensive line is going to take us. Well, you're one and seven. So that kind of answers that. I will say this. He mentions Fluker. Again, they're really excited about getting this guy, Jamon Brown. He's a pro. He's a good football player. And like I said, he is all of his 340 pounds is there. And he just, he's a big man, but... The operative word to me is man. I, I just the way he conducts himself. If he if he's half as good 
on the field as he was today uh, meeting him off the field. I'll be, I think Giant fans will be very pleased. 201-939-4513 is the number. Again, got to remind all of you, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented to you by Coors Light. So download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. Let's uh, go local in Queens and uh, check in with Jimmy. Jimmy, you're on with Russ and Jeff. What's going on, Russ and Jeff? Thanks for taking my call. What's up, buddy? Hi, Jimmy. First off, Jeff, my man, thank you for the championship. We appreciate you, y'all, us fans over here. <laughs> well, you're welcome, and thank you for being a fan. I appreciate uh, that. All, all my life, all my me, my wife, my kids, everybody. Very good. But, uh, yeah, one thing, or a couple of things I want to say. Um, regarding the offensive line, uh, you guys are talking about it, and, and um, I'm glad brought up the, uh, the Saints game. Um, I think it's more of a coaching issue than it is personnel because you have to every, – every every guy that's starting on the offensive line, they're all professionals, and when it comes down to it, football is X and O's and it's execution. And uh, as a coach, you have to see your strengths and your weaknesses in, in the line. Now, being that five guys are not giving Eli enough time, put a fullback there, put a – you know, go go double tight end. Do some more chip blocks. You know, um, I feel like we we're a little predictive, and uh, in, in the play calling and and personnel that's going to be on the field. And um, <clears throat> you know, as, as far as um, as far as Eli goes, you know, we we all hearing the discussions with Eli. And um, to bring up the Saints uh, point, I like what they're doing with Taysom Hill. How they bring him in every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And who who knows if he's going to be their quarterback of the future, but he's getting actual live gameplay, and they're seeing what he can do now with Loletta. I think the Giants are kind of stuck in traditional football. Now football is evolving; the way it's being played, the personnel is being used. You know, back in the '80s, all the defensive ends were big, huge guys, and now we're seeing guys like Lorenzo Carter, speedy guys, and more athletic guys on the outside. Um, you know, so I think the game is evolving. I think the coaching also needs to evolve. You know, maybe we could do something like uh, like the Saints do with Lauletta and put him in there for a play or two and see what he does and get him accustomed to playing and see what we got. Because at this point in the season, um, we just have to figure out moving forward what's going to happen. You know, if we win a bunch of games, that's great. Well, but, uh, you know what, Jimmy, yeah. you, you bring up, uh, and thanks for the call, my man, you, you bring up a, a, a fair point, and Coach Shermer basically said today, you know, he was asked about uh, Eli this week, and Eli is starting, and, and uh, he, he said, though, he's had discussions with Eli, he didn't say uh, he, he's not starting after that, that, that. He, he made sure to cover that, Eli is the quarterback this week, and we're looking on winning games, and backing, you know, backing up Eli, but he also had a discussion with Eli, which, I'm, which says, you know, we got to look at people, and I would think, you know, meaning everybody, but if he had a discussion, I'm sure the discussion was probably somewhere along the line of, listen, if we're not winning and this keeps on going, we're going to have to take a look at some people, and that's the way, way it is. I, again, I'm not putting words into the coach's mouth. That's the way he explained it. So, yeah, I, I mean, you, listen, you're one in seven. You're going to have to look. Well, I think to, to, to go back to your point with the coaching and the players, b- both of them have to coach better and play better ultimately. Uh, but I feel like the Pat Shermer offense, what he wants to do, 
he doesn't want to have to keep in two tight ends and have a fullback in there all the time because it takes away from what they want to do offensively. Therefore, it, the, the onus is on the, the linemen to play better. And when you've got a, a, one of your, a very high-priced left tackle, a number two draft pick, a very high number two draft pick in your left guard, and then you've got the right side of that offensive line that just isn't that good, you gotta you got to think about what's going to happen in the future so you get some people in there. And the previous caller had mentioned about the, about the, uh, the Colts offensive line. That's basically what's going to happen here, you hope. But going forward in the rest of eight games of the season, this evaluation is going to have to take place. And they either they're all going to be gone other than the two left guys on the left side because those guys aren't going anywhere. Okay, and then you got to think about the right side. And so, but my point here is that, yes, it's, it's, it's about coaching, but it's not all about coaching. It's all about playing better and executing better as a team. This is professional football. There's no question. They're paid money. This yes. is, you're not here on scholarship. It's that, not, that's not, am I no, right? No, absolutely, and you have to be held accountable. Unfortunately, this isn't a 90-man roster where you've got five guards and six tackles, and you can say, okay, guess what? You're up, Russ. And you go play, and maybe he plays well for two weeks, and then you put the other guy in. There isn't. You know, they only dress seven offensive linemen on game day. So it's, it's, it's difficult. Bottom is, they got to play better, period. They have to play better, and they know that. And back to your point about the quarterback position, Kyle Iletta, guys, has not seen a jersey on game day. Okay? He's, and, I, and I've just heard that he's taking reps in practice. I don't know that for sure. But the guy just came from Richmond. Did you hear what I just said? It's not, he came it's from not, Richmond. It's not USC. It's okay, not Notre so Dame. It's not Bama. I know as much as you want, and he's not. He's not. He's not the Tyson Hill, guy, Tyson Hill, or however you want to call his first name. That's not him. Okay, okay. and and they, um, Peyton, he he designs that offense, and they use that thing incredibly. He's really good. He's a good player. In fact, they they kind of stumbled into that guy. I mean, he was a special. Uh, Westoff found him. Right. He said, hey, man, we can use this guy on special teams. And then all of a sudden, they saw him doing stuff in practice. And Sean Payne said, whoa, wait a second. I'm going to use him on the offense. And they do a great job with it. So I think right now, to answer your question and to be honest with everybody, is the fact that the coaches in their bye week have, have studied this offense. They've studied their coaching style. We mentioned it. I think you and I did last time we did a show, um, Russ, was that when the offense will critique the defense and vice versa, the coaches do that so they can understand. And these guys coach against NFL football teams. They certainly can turn around if I'm an offensive coach and look at you as a defensive coach, uh, James Betcher, and say, hey, these are some of the tendencies that we see you guys are doing from an offensive standpoint. And I know that that helps, and I know that's what they do. So we'll see some of the changes coming up in this game against uh, San Francisco. Tough place to go when you fly out to the West Coast. I will tell you that. The time change is a little bit easier to go there, but it's still a long trip. Um, and you got to get these guys their mind right to come back and play. And this should be a hunger game for them. You know, they're, on, they're, they're coming off their bye. Um, the Giants have had a little bit of time to, to study and game plan for the 49ers. Again, 201-939-4513 is the number. I couldn't agree with you more, Jeff. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Russ. No, w w without question. <laughs> obviously, you know, the coaches will tell you, you know, Sherman will tell you after every game, it's everybody. It, everybody's got to do better. Coaches, players, everybody. But, uh, I mean, again, this is professional football. It, it's, it's not, you're not here on scholarship. So, no, you know, and you get paid every week. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, you've got, a, you've got people – you got to earn, earn your money. And, and you more than ever, better. more than ever, yeah, you have to earn your money. More than ever, you got to earn your job here. I mean, going forward, this team is 
this is evaluation 101 right now, my friend. It's it's like okay, top to bottom from the roster, starting with the kicker and the punter all the way down to the 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 third string safety. I don't whatever it is that this is a team that's being evaluated every single day from here on out, because once the season is over, they move into free agency and they move into the draft. And they're going to start constructing a new football team to get get the Giants back to where they need to be. You, you know, you hear it say, you, you hear it said all the time. You know, you got to look yourself in the mirror. Well, it's not just looking yourself in the mirror; it's other people looking at you as well. So no question, you, you got to get. This and you know what? When out. you when you look at this NFC East and going into next season, even though we're halfway through the season. Um, there's a little bit of promise there because I don't see anybody. I see the Eagles, obviously, they're defending world champions, and you got to give them a little bit of credit as probably winning this division. But here, just two weeks ago, we thought it was going to be the Redskins. Right, yep. And they've laid an egg the last couple weeks, too. So um, going forward into next season, you know, this Giants can turn this thing around pretty quickly. They've got a shot next year. And, you know, uh, again, I, I think that's why Shermer says, you know, they're trying to win games. Uh, well, you you're always you, are trying to win them, right? I, well, yeah. yeah, you as a professional say that. But, you know, there's business when people say should tank a season. You Listen, can't. Winning builds confidence. Losing makes it go the other way. And it's not like it's not like basketball. Football is a far different sport because football, you're getting beaten up every day you yeah. get beaten up in practice that mentality you you can't you can't think like that you got to go play try and win and that's what they're trying to do this week out in uh, san francisco when they go there for monday night let's meantime let's go to oakland is it oakland oakland new jersey or oakland, gotta be Calif oakland, jersey or oakland california check in with mike Wh which hey, hey guys um just just want to keep it on the offensive line because um i'm hopeful i know it's not a real Mike, where, yeah. where are you? Are you calling from Niagara Falls? You sound like you're in a barrel. <laughs> Mike, buddy, we love you. You got to call back. You got to call back on a different line, pal. It, it's not working. I'm sorry. It's just uh, an awful lot of static. So let's head out to New Mexico and check in with Scott. Scott, you're on with Russ and Jeff. How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing today? Good. What's up, Scott? I had a couple of questions. The first one, I don't know if either of you can answer. When you're, when you have the kind of season you had last year, and then you're starting this season this way, uh, football players aren't robots. They're human beings. They have feelings, etc. So, how do how does anyone protect themselves from, say, the psychological trauma of losing uh, game after game? What does a player have to do internally to sort of protect themselves so that they yeah. don't feel like you know the next game is just going to be the same well, result? There, on to the questions. There's two, there's two types of players, in my opinion, with this. The one, the one type of player who um, financially knows that um, there's, you know, yeah, you want to cut me? Go ahead and cut me. And, um, right. you know, I, I'll take my money that you gave me and, and just go on, go on and be done. There's the other guy that has that, that really is has is trying to make the team and have a career. Okay, so there's when you look at players different, you look at those two players differently, and then when you have 53 personalities, when you have different types, and follow me here, you get some guys that don't care and some guys that do care. It's up right. to the general manager and the coaching staff to blend those types of people so that you don't have that happen. And so, and it's it's very difficult when you're one and seven because you know you're finished, right? That season you have right. no chance of making it. But what do you have to do to play for? 
You have your teammates to play for, and more importantly, you have your future to play for. And is it, do you want to play on this team? Is do you want to be part of this organization? Because a lot of guys, and even uh, Brandon Jacobs, would, if he was sitting here right now, he would tell you the same story. I left the Giants thinking the grass was greener on the other side. A, a lot of people. And they, and they come back that. and they say, oh, God, I should have never left. Yeah. So those right. types of things. And that has to be portrayed through the veterans of this team talking to the younger guys and saying, listen, man, you know, be careful what you wish for. Because, you, you know, if you just play each game and go out there and do your job, and that's all you ask of people. You know, Scott, two, two things. I don't know if you, you heard me say it before, uh, but, but in answer to your question, I think it's appropriate. Um, uh-huh. The new giant who, who they just picked up, the guard they p- picked up on waivers, Jamon Brown. Brown right. now, now, they asked him today, you know, what's it like? You, you know, what, how does it feel for you? Like, do you have to get yourself pumped up? You, you know, you're coming from uh, at the time he, he left. They were he was coming from an undefeated eight and team. Now he's coming to a one and seven team. And his answer was, no. I, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're eight and one, which they are now, the Rams, or you're one and seven. It's right. football, and you're a professional, and you have to get yourself ready. Another comment, and it, but it depends on the player, though. I no, mean, no, it, it depends. Look, that that guy right there, he understands. He understands. It. And I'll give you another example. I'll never forget it. Parcells used to say, and he said it to me a few times, he'd go, you know, Sims and Taylor, they'd compete in a parking lot. And I didn't understand that right away. You know, what do you give me this, to compete in a parking lot? But you know what? He was right, especially those two guys. It didn't matter. Then you take the money aside, any holdouts aside. But when it came time to compete, they would sure. compete in a parking lot. I remember, and you know what it taught me that lesson? Sims once invited me to play golf at Ridgewood. And I remember he was on the practice putting green. And I'm saying, oh my God, the intensity. Just <laughs> No, no, but that's what, it, he's a professional athlete and it's preparing. Right. So like to me, in answer, Scott, I, you know, I think, you know, Jeff hit it well. It depends if you want to take the money and run. If you have pride, if you want to make the team, all those factors come in. I, I think you're right, Jeff. You, you know, Brown has the right attitude. Yeah, he so he answered it well. What else you got, Scott? Uh, one question. I wanted to get an assessment from either of you uh, on the play of Evan Ingram so far. I realize that he's been injured. But still, when he's been in the game, he seems to be a non-factor. And obviously, he's, he still continues to drop passes. So, uh is it, do you think the Giants are using him correctly, or do they need to switch him out to a wide receiver position, mm. or is he uh, just has to find himself uh, and find his own path, so to speak, to, well, to get back to the levels that he was at? I, it's a good. I think it's a good question, and you know, yeah, he's been banged up a little bit, but you certainly would expect him. He's a first-round draft pick to have a little bit more success in the offense but when i say success in the offense what does that mean you got to have an offensive line that can protect eli to give him time to throw the ball and then they've been using him in protection and what we said earlier you know these guys (laughs) coach Shermer doesn't want to have to use two tight ends because his offense's offensive line is not working you know they'd rather have block five guys and and the defense rushes four okay well now that the defenses that we're playing they're getting to the quarterback rushing four and we're keeping tight ends in. So I think if in a, in a perfect world, if this guy had the protection, then then Ingram could line up in certain positions and be more successful. You, you, you know, Scott. Uh, that makes sense, Scott. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, S- Scott. On the Ingram, uh, you know, in, in answer also to what you're saying. Listen, 
he, he had a fine season last year, but, you know, whether you talk about not offensive line or, you know, anything else, he's had the dropsies, you know, right. a, a lot. And I think he dropped 11 last year, and he had a glaring drop. <laughs> you know, glaring drop. Was it the last game? I mean, yeah, you know, right it was fourth and three right through right. his hands. That wasn't the offensive line. That was him. That was a perfectly oh, yeah. called, perfectly planned play, and, and he blew it. And listen, again, he's not on scholarship. He's a pro. And, and you no, know, he's not your prototypical uh, Travis Kelsey. He, you know, he's, he's not he can Mark, be. Yeah, but he's not Mark Bavaro. He's not that kind of tight end. So if he's right. going to be this, you know, kind of, what, what, what would you call it? A, a tweener or an in-between? I think they want him to be a, a, a Kelsey. They want him to be a Gronkowski. And right. he's, you know, they spend a first-round draft pick on him. You hope you get something out of him. But I think that, you know, injuries play a, point, a part into it. And I also feel that the offense, you know, way that it's running right now, his production is directly tied to that. And I think that's, that's probably what's happening. The, catching footballs, that's, that's 100% on him. That's just something you got to do after practice and yeah. really focus in and, and not try too hard. I mean, sometimes these guys are like right. trying to put a square peg in a round hole and during game day, like just catch the ball. That's what you, that's what you naturally can do. You know, that's why you're in the National Football League is because you have that skill set. Just let it happen. All right, Scott. Thank you, Scotty. Right, Thanks, yeah, Scott. you're welcome. All have right, buddy. One. All right, let's head back out to Oakland, uh, see if we got a better connection with Mike. Mike. Oh, Mike. Hey, guys. Thanks hey, for giving me another shot. Appreciate All right. It. So I just wanted to keep it on the offensive line because um, it's unpopular, but I think we might be closer than uh, than a lot of people think. In what if way? Jamon Brown, if, well, if Jamon Brown plays well, then the question is, what's the ceiling for Spencer Pulley? Well, remember, Spencer Pulley is – is. Uh, do you think he's a starting offensive lineman in the National Football League still? I'm just curious. Well, he's young. He's a young guy. He's only what twenty six, I think, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm just I I I'm just asking if you think he's if he can be the starter. I I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I think that the addition of Brown could could help things absolutely. I mean, he's a lot like Fluker. That offense did pretty well last year with Fluker, um, offensive line at least. They weren't as bad as they were this year. Um, you know, and we talk about the offensive line, Mike. If this offensive line could block better in the run game. I don't think that we would have all this many problems in the passing game because teams just they don't, they don't respect the run. I mean, think, they don't care about it. Think, think yeah, what, but, but but Mike, think about what 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 Jeff just said. You got a the number two pick overall, who's not a good running back. He's an outstanding running back. I mean, if the kid does not get hurt, Saquon Barkley will be a Hall of Famer. I'm not going out on a limb saying that. If he no, does, if he doesn't get hurt, but think about that. You have that, but as Jeff says, but you don't have a running game. If if they're not if they're not if if the other opposing defenses are not worried right. about respecting the Giants' running game, then what? Look at what your problem is. You got a problem with, with yeah, pass blocking, and, and that's what I'm that's what I'm calling to talk about is offensive line play because you know uh, Saquon Barkley. The last time I checked, his his yards before contact was negative point three. <laughs> that's horrible offensive line play, but. You know, also, you know, I'm trying to look at what we have, right? Okay, so the sure. rap on Nate Solder is that he's not a power player. He's a finesse player, but he's good. He's got quick feet. He can play. But what he excelled at was pushing the, um, the rusher past Brady. Brady was able to step up in the pocket, and because they had a good interior offensive line, he could do that. Okay. That's why Solder was effective. 
So if you figure that next year or soon Hernandez stops just clean whipping on blocks and plays up to his potential, we will yep. come with experience. Okay. We got this new guy, Jamone Brown, at right guard. That mm-hmm. means we got Two left tackle, left guard, right guard, hopefully set. If we can get a decent center play, and then the question is, you know, is Wheeler ever going to be something, or do we desperately need to go for a right tackle? So that's kind of where my and you know what, my and, hope that we're not that far away. And right, you know what? It, when you make that case, and you think about John Jalapio or Jalapio, whatever you want to call him, I mean, they had a lot of. He was playing well. He really was, guys. I mean, he he. The coaching staff was very high on him until he got hurt. I mean, so he was a big loss to that offensive line. So bring him back in the mix, Mike. And now you've got four out of the five positions which you feel could be in a could be could, if they could play together and they can come together and compete, then your right tackle is your only caveat in that and the four out of the five you've got in your mind. So yes, I think they could become they could do okay, but they've got to play better collectively. You know that, and we'll see soon enough what they do with the with the other positions that you just mentioned, being at at right well, right guard, I think that Brown will probably Listen, the guy was a third-round draft pick. He wasn't a first-round draft pick, but he wasn't a seventh-round draft pick. I mean, he's a decent player. He played for the for the for the Rams for a period of time, and I think the Giants are lucky because in the position that they're in, in the waiver claims, they were able to get the guy. They had that guy had a lot of waiver claims for him. They had a, a lot, lot of, lot of people. yeah, he did. I, mean, he, I think there were at least four. Yeah, sure. yeah. No, he wasn't. Uh, he was sought after. So you know, good points, Mike. Thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for calling back too, Mike. Yep. Yeah, Be you. careful. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's uh, go here in New Jersey and speak with Courtney. Courtney, you're on with Russ and Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. What's up? All right. I want to know, quick question. Do you guys really believe that the uh, kid from Oregon is a very good quarterback? I can't make that assessment because I haven't seen a lot of them. I'll, you know, I'll. Well, I will tell you this. I mean, uh, unfortunately, none of us on the East Coast get to watch a lot of Oregon's games. But, (laughs) but, but I mean, in reality, if you start talking about the draft and and the players that are coming out next year, we don't even know if he's going to come out. Uh, Herbert is his name. You have to start Justin, right? Justin uh, Justin Herbert, Herbert, and you you start talking. He is he's the guy that everybody's talking about. So you got to kind of think, yeah, I guess I guess he could. He's a big he's a he's a big guy. He's six four, six five. He's got a heck of an arm. Um, He's a pocket passer. He's not a running quarterback. He can run, and so yeah, I think I think he is one of the. He's going to be one of the. If unless if he comes out, he's going to be the first pick. As of right now, he will be the first pick. Question number two. Are we mathematically out of the playoffs? No. Oh, correct? boy. Well, I think not. I don't <laughs> no, ma- mathematically, you are correct. Go ahead. Now I want to. Fu- now we want to find out if you're nuts. Go ahead. I've been a fan for a very long time. I believe in Eli, and I believe that we can get it done due to the scheduling and the scheduling of the opponents in our division and yeah. who they have to face as well. <laughs> well, yes, I listen, I know where you're going, Courtney, <laughs> but and it's great to be uh, a realist. Um, but I will tell you this, the, the Giants, I see two weeks ago, I, I think the Giants had the fifth going through the last eight games of the season had the fifth easiest schedule. Fourth right. or fifth easiest schedule. The first eight games was a was, was a murderer's killer. row. Yes. So in that, that's one point. And they, two, pre- and they pretty well were mighty. <laughs> that's right. Go ahead. And I think that you know with the uh, the rest of the NFC East, them being down, so those those that's that's factored into that why they're the fourth or fifth easiest going forward. So 
listen, I, I don't think they're going to win it, but at least they could come back to respectability. Yeah, if they, but they got to play better. They're going to have to play it, better. You could, it's going to be a tough road. You know, it's tough sledding, as they say, as we move into the winter season. You, you know, Courtney, understand this. And, and listen, I'm, I'm all with you. It's great to be optimistic and you want to look at it that way. But you got to look at it from the other team's standpoint, too. If Right now, if you got the Giants on your schedule, they're <laughs> marking that off as a win. You're, Which could be a good thing yeah, because they, they know, look past them. Maybe it's, uh, well, you know, but it, listen, again, let them go to San Francisco and win a game. Then let them come home and, and play Tampa and win a game, and then you have two in a row, and then you can feel good. But I, I you know, I don't, I don't want to keep saying it, but you need to win one before you can win two in a row, and they haven't right. done that all season. So let them start. Let let's get it taken care of Monday night, and then worry about the following <laughs> Sunday, and then come talk to me about the schedule, okay, buddy? What, Did you have a question? Question, yeah. question three. Where do we stand with Eli Manning? Do we give him one last hurrah, or do we cut it after a loss? After a loss? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that's the case uh, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, uh, unless they lose forty to nothing in Frisco when he throws five interceptions. I, I mean, this. I, as I said, uh, Coach Sherman. Thanks for the call, Courtney. Pat Sherman said today that. Um, Eli is the starting quarterback this week. He has spoken to Eli, uh, you, you know, about the rest of the season. But the plan is Eli's our starting quarterback. We plan on winning games and going from there. So uh, that's, and the, I, that's I don't, what the situation and, is. Again, this is my opinion. I have no nothing. This, I know nothing. Neither do I, yeah. And in my opinion, when you're coming out of a bye week, there's a lot of discussions. Sure. There are meetings, and these coaches are getting together. The, the, uh, the management is getting together. And there's probably a lot of talk about this topic amongst the coaches and the staff. So what's been said, I don't know. And but what but at least Coach Shermer had come out and said that, you know, this week this is what it's gonna be. You may find out that this is a week to week thing going forward. Who knows? Because we talked about it earlier a couple weeks ago when all this stuff started to surface about Kyle Liletta and you know, do you really wanna go to where you were last year at this situation where, you know, do you want to see Davis Webb play or do you want to see Kyle Iletta play? Do you want to see Tanny play? Who, who do you want to see? So I, my, I guess what I'm trying to say here, guys, is that I'm sure that this has been talked about and I'm sure that there is a plan in place. Just nobody knows what it is. And it could be Eli all the way through. It could be all. Who knows? Coach Sherman did not divulge, quote unquote. He's not going the, to. The, the intricacies of no, his plan. It, but he did say he's. He, he spelled it out for everybody at, at when, you know, when he met the media today. He said, Eli is starting this week, most definitely. He said, and then the, somebody said after that, he said, look, I spoke with Eli. In fact, he said, I've had lots of discussions, conversations with Eli about a lot of things. If, if you want to use it as in assuming, innuendo, whatever, it sounded an awful lot to me like, listen, we're trying to win games with Eli. If we're not winning games, and it's just, it's not just even a question of not winning games, but how we are looking, you know, like as you said from the beginning of the show, Jeff, they got to start looking at people. And I guess one of those people is well, Kyle. It's every Lola. position. It's every it's, position. Yeah. Yep. All right. 201 939 4513 is the number. Let's go to our buddy out in, down in Columbia, Maryland, Len. Len, you're on with Russ and Jeff. How you doing today, buddy? Good, good. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. All right. Good. All right, Len. Yeah, good. Um, listen, I, I hope we found gold in this guy, Jamon Brown. But let, let's remember, there is a reason why he's not playing on the Los Correct. Angeles Rams Correct. anymore. Correct. 
correct, correct. I love it. And 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 the number one reason is the Rams had somebody who was better. And the Rams are eight and one. What we got to do is to get the guy that the Rams got, who's better than Jermon Brown. Well, they had to cut him because they they ended up getting a um, yeah they got a, very a player good, a, 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 a very good player. I yeah, his name yeah, the guy who's who's playing. Even Jamon Brown himself said he deserved to keep the job. He was playing great. You know, I mean, we got to get. We gotta <laughs> well, get well, the guys. yeah, but but but, but we, we we don't want the guys that these these good teams are cutting. No, let, yeah, let, but if they're let, better let, than let, the guys yeah, that are on your yeah, roster, yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> Len, I don't, I, Len, I don't necessarily agree with you because certain teams have guys in all sports. Certain guys are sitting on benches or not starting when they could start on a lot of other teams, and those teams are fortunate to have them. So to say, well, he just was a backup or a half-ass backup, that's not a fair analogy. They got him for nothing, too, Yeah, Lenny. You might as well just bring him in here, and like, like I said before, and I think you're going to agree with me, is the fact that going forward from this point on, this is an evaluation process for this team, and they've got a third-round draft pick that started some games for the Rams. He was let go. And them being on the high waiver wires pecking order, they said, hey, why not? Let's bring this guy in and see if he can compete and be better than any of the guys we have on our roster. Lenny, you're one of our best callers. You call every week. You're as loyal as any loyal fan could be. You know the conversation from week one to now going into, uh, you you know, uh, week nine, whatever the hell. I think it's it's week ten because it's the bye week. You know, you're talking about all we've been talking about was the, you know, Terrible player, the offensive line. So they they just made a a, a big improvement. Okay, yep. they, they they feel they made a big improvement. I don't care if he was the third string on another team. The bottom line is he's improvement. He's a big improvement to what they have. That's the way I have to well, look at I, it. Well, I hope. First of all, thanks for the compliment. And and secondly, <laughs> I, I I do hope you're right. But I'm just kind of. I'm I'm just kind of a little suspect, and let, let me just carry this conversation one step further, Jeff. I, I want to answer your thanks for asking the question of of the previous caller about the center Spencer Pulley. Yeah. And l- let me try to answer, Jeff. Yep. He has absolutely no upside with the Giants. Well, you said it, not me. And and he started <laughs> 16 games. Yeah. For the Los Angeles Chargers. Right. You, you don't beat the better teams with former players from those teams. You get the guys that they're getting to replace the former players. And how good is the Chargers that's doing how, this year? That's how you get to the top of the heap. How good are the Chargers this year without Spencer Pulley? Well, they went out and spent $15 million on, <laughs> on the other Pouncey brother. Yeah, there you go. They, yeah. I mean, they got better right away. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just you know, speaking about the center position, I'm a big center guy, okay? And I, I remember back when the, Cincinnati, when the Cincinnati Bengals started their first year, Paul Brown was the coach, great coach. He, he was also the owner of the uh, – um, Russ, Russ will remember. Sure, yeah. Go with the old guy. Yeah, great yeah. coach. Right? And the first person he drafted in their very first draft, it wasn't a quarterback. It wasn't a left tackle. He drafted a center. What was the guy's name? And they name? said to him, what are you drafting a center with all these quarterbacks? We're a new team. You know how, what he said? You've got to have an anchor. You're not going to be a team without an anchor. I'm, I'm, dr- Brown I'm drawing a blank, it. Lenny. Who was, the, who was the center? I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Yeah, well, was, I, I, his last name was Johnson. I believe he played 11 or 12 years. They got to a Super Bowl. 
He went to the Pro Bowl four or five times. You need to check me on that, right. but I believe his name was – I want to say Bob Johnson, but that's too simple. I know his last name was Johnson. Okay. Yeah. And, hey, Jeff, I'm glad you brought up – I want to say one thing about the schedule. <clears throat> you talked about going to, you know, San Francisco and back and so forth. You know, we're the only team um, traveling 6,000 miles to play a game, going, coming back, and have a game – have a game the next Sunday. No, nobody's had a Monday night game 3,000 miles away. I'm, I'm not, you know. But we've also had back-to-back. Back. It's been a terrible season, so you reach for these kinds of things. But, <laughs> <You are definitely laughs> but, but seriously, seriously, we're no, the but, only team. We come back on, I don't know, when are you going to get back? Very, very early. Well, I'm you know, not going, but I know, Tuesday, I know you whoever. Get back Tuesday morning, 4 well, o'clock in the morning, oh, wait, 5 o'clock in the morning. That. you got a game that Sunday. Nobody has traveled that much. Yeah, but listen, well, Len, the other thing, too, you can go back two weeks ago before the bye. They had, remember, they had a Thursday night game. They had t- ten days off, and then yeah. and then they had a bye too, and then playing a Monday night game. So they're getting a lot of time off. So they had to yeah. bang them somewhere, and this was it. And by the way, they'll get home around seven thirty or eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, there you go, and they got a game the next Sunday. Well, you, you know you what? Know, I, 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 again, the schedule is what it is. It's the way it plays out. But that was just kind of an oddity to it. They're the only team yeah. that's traveling that. You know, you know, traveling that much. Hey, Russ, just something on the pad. You know, about three or four weeks ago, uh, a couple of times you made a reference to Don Coriel, and I appreciate you doing that. He was a great coach and a passing game genius. Do you, do you remember your two comments? Do you remember that Go when ahead. you brought up Coriel? Go uh, ahead. You know, you know, Coriel learned the game at the feet. Of a guy named Sid Gilman. Oh, yeah, well, Sid Gilman, of course, with uh, John Hadle and Lance Allworth. Of, of the modern passing yep. game. Yep. Al, Al Davis, Joe Gibbs, a bunch of guys from from that coaching tree. Gilman was a genius. He's really where it all. Bill Walsh. They all they all learned it from Gilman. Well, he was the guy. Len, listen, uh, if you recall, buddy, uh, Gilman. Uh, like you said, Al Davis, but th- that old AFL, that was a big passing league. I mean, oh, yeah. it, you know, yeah. Daryl LaMonica was the mad bomber. I remember yeah, his receivers. The vertical but, game. But, the vertical game. Wa- wa- Davis used to call it the vertical yeah, game. Yeah, wa- Warren. Wa- I mean, come on. It was it was a different – the whole game was different. You, you know, those guys had completions – you know, 17 yards, 20 yards. It wasn't like... They also had a running game. Yeah, that's that's yeah. exactly right. They also yeah. had a running game. And you know what? Uh, and Lenny, thank you for the call. Thanks, Len. Okay. J- Joe Klecko, I heard Joe Klecko on the radio this week, this weekend. He, he, he brought out a great point. You know, somebody brought up to him, uh, actually it was Sid Rosenberg. Somebody brought up to him about, uh, you know, how, how many sacks do you think you had ha- would have had if you know when they were keeping all the records and this and that, and he says, well, he he doesn't look at it that way, but he says here's the difference. He says when I was playing, you know, they were passing maybe twenty percent of the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You know, now they're passing, so you didn't have a chance uh, for as yeah, many sacks. Right. Attempts. The, the whole thing, every everything has changed. Everything has changed, and you know, quite frankly. I don't think if it's always, you know, for the better. That That's just, like I've always said this. I was brought up in, listen, I remember the undefeated uh, Miami Dolphins with mm-hmm. Sanka, Kick, and Mercury Morris. I remember the Horning and Taylor uh, Gr- Green Bay Packers. If somebody had the, you know what, to go ahead and have two of those kind of running backs today and it was successful, 
They'd copycat. Then other people yeah. would do it as well. Yeah. But you don't have that, so your situation is what it is. Let's just hope you can look at the schedules all you want and figure out how the Giants are going to win the NFC East. They right got to win next week. Right, right, right now, let's just get the Giants to win in Frisco on Monday night. But again, folks, thanks for everybody uh, calling in. Thank it was you. A good show for Russ Salzberg. He is Jeff Eagles. I thank you for being part of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com, and I will see you tomorrow.